Welcome to 30 Minutes with Nettie. My name is Nareda Fernandez, I go by Nettie, and I am your host. The mission of 30 Minutes with Nettie is to provide a platform to discuss and share personal stories to enhance our understanding and personal growth. The idea is simple. The more we share, the more we can learn from one another. Hello, thank you for joining me today. We are on week 9 of 2017. For today's episode, I will be sharing a discussion that I had this past weekend. Originally, I was going to do a solo episode, but I feel like today's story is perfect for this week, and we could have a one-on-one next week. It is the last day of February. Tomorrow we start March, which I'm really excited about because it's my birthday month, and for my birthday I take a little trip. I will share more about that next week. Before we jump into today's story, I do want to thank you for tuning in. Thank you so much for the support. Thank you for all the email and comments and feedback that I get. If you would like to join me in a discussion, my email is nettiespodcast at gmail. And you can find me on social media at Nettie's World. And if you would like to help me out but don't want to come have a discussion with me, another way of helping me out is helping me spread the word. Please continue sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Subscribe under 30 Minutes with Nettie on the iTunes podcast app. If you have an iPhone, every iPhone comes with an app the podcast app, search 30 Minutes with Nettie and subscribe. That way you could have easy access to the episodes and it notifies you when I release a new episode. Thank you guys so much. Your support means the world to me. And a big thank you to Matt for sharing his story with me. And now I get to share it with you. So enjoy. We are here with Matt Thornton. He's a detective at Zion Police Department. Hi. Hi. Like many of us, um, I read the news article and I reached out to Matt. So thank you so much for agreeing to come and meet me. Oh, honored. And honored, share man. your story. Um, so I'll let you just start. Who are, who are you, your name, where are you from, and we could go from there. Uh, I'm Matt Thornton. I'm an officer and now detective at Zion Police Department. Uh, I'm from... Grew up and born and raised in Winter Parva, but I then I went to Zion schools. So okay. I consider myself a Zionite. That's, yeah. Oh, so yeah. you graduated from Zion? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So then, how was it like growing up? Do you have um, siblings? Yes, I have two brothers and a sister. Okay. Uh, both my parents have been married for uh, 40, 50 years. They're getting old. Yeah, so when you graduated high school, did you know you wanted to be a cop? No. 
Absolutely not. So how was that? How did you end up getting into that field? Oh, let's see. I when I was a kid, I was I was a little punk. I was pretty rebellious. I never never went to college. Never had any aspiration to do anything. Barely passed high school. Never even took a ACT. Let me call it a test. I never even took it. Um, just went to work, and I built a decent resume. Uh, got in a little bit of trouble. Uh, but I, I always worked and what happened was two of my good friends became police officers and they would always tell their stories and stuff and I never figured that I would ever get the job because uh-huh. uh, I had been charged with a felony in the past but it, it got lower down a misdemeanor okay. so I'm like they'll never hire me well why, why not take the test and I figured I had nothing to lose so I tested for Waukegan and Zion uh-huh. Zion took me okay okay and it was a simple news uh, and a newspaper so then, do you think that that's where your life kind of took a little turn? Oh, absolutely. This was not what I expected. Not at all. Uh, law enforcement is a lot of, lot of uh, mixed feelings about it. It can get the best of you. Yeah. So then you were a police officer for about what? I've been a, I got hired when I was 29, so I'm 41. I'll be 42 this year. Okay. So I was uh, on the street for 12 years. And this past year, I just became a detective. The news article, it kind of shared a little bit of how you went through a little, like dark darkness. Yes. You want to share a little bit about yes, that? Yes, absolutely. Um, depression. I think a depression is something that more people have than we, than, than we like to admit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I became, I started getting depressed probably around, right around the time I started. The mm-hmm. job was pretty overwhelming at first. It mm-hmm. uh, was not what I expected. Uh, didn't like it mm-hmm. at all. Um, I took that uh, the stress relievers. You did. I did all the wrong things. I drank mm-hmm. and I just really dove into a dark world of mm-hmm. sin, debauchery, and, and it only led to depression. Even more depression. Oh, absolutely. I'm talking manic, uh, very, very dark, dark, dark. Did you affect, do you have a family? Yeah. Did it affect your family as well? Yeah. Um, Actually, my first marriage, I I got divorced three years after I started. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Do you feel like that had a lot to do with it? Yeah, my my decision to dive in to the world uh, instead of seeking help or seeking uh, the right steps. Right. Um, I definitely agree. I feel like a lot, if we were... All to share a story, we would uh, find out that depression is very common. Yes, yes. I uh, one thing that I, I, I came to realize is, is I'm looking, and I became a Christian four years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Even in the Bible, King David, you read the Book of Psalms, he's battling with depression. He's mm-hmm. he's oh Lord, why why are you so downcast on me? And then the next day he's he's like bipolar and he's like praising God. Oh, and okay, even okay. Paul is wrestling with that when he wrote the New Testament. They, so I think it's so predominant that we just live in such a broken world that everybody at some point is going to be right go down that. Yeah, and 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 especially cops and soldiers, they we have two of the highest suicide rates of any profession. So do they offer some type of help? Yeah, they they, they uh, I got quite a bit of help actually okay. from my from my department. They actually at one point they ended up. Uh, making me go and get help and couldn't yeah. I couldn't go, go to work for a while. Oh, okay, okay, um, until you got help. Yeah, I, I got turned in for some of the statements and some of the, my actions. Well, statistically, men suffer 
more and there's more men that commit suicide. Yeah. Because I feel of the pressure that society you can't show that you're you're depressed or you not can't show all. weakness, right? Yeah, Do you not feel? at all. Yeah. You can't. Do you be feel vulnerable. like that's what you went through? Like you were trying to act yep. like it wasn't a problem or not try to face it? Yep, absolutely. That was uh I guess when I was getting help it it it, it a lot of it stemmed from some childhood issues mm-hmm. that I had. I, mm-hmm. I was abused. Not by my parents, but it was some other abuse that that took place, and that was when I realized, as really, really young age, that uh, I wasn't a normal guy. But then, all these years, it just stays with you. When something, when you hit a, when 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 I started this world that I didn't expect to be in, uh, all of them old demons, they, they were still there. Yeah. They were just waiting to come out, uh, and the stress and the pressure of, of being an officer really, yeah, it, it it like was like a snowball effect. So was this your first thought of suicide, or had you've had had it before? I had wrestled with it. Uh, I would say the, like I say, thirteen. I would say a good six, seven years. I wrestled with it every single day. Yeah. yeah. And so one day you were just like, "I'm gonna go out," and that's it. Yeah. One. Uh, <laughs> it was weird because it was like a progression. Okay. Um, I had decided that you know I'm. I'm I'm not gonna live till I'm 40. That was just all in the plan. I never imagined myself seeing 40. I had a plan because I had ruined my life. I started writing out things. I started every day focusing on this ultimate culmination that was gonna come together one day. I had it like to every single detail. Um, it took time though, because there was there's certain things that would hold up my plan, my ultimate plan. I had it. Can we be very, very out and open? Yes. Yeah, my ultimate plan was to call who I was going to, call the people I was going to call, write down who I loved and who I hated. I actually started writing that down. Mm-hmm. Um, and for some reason in my head, as the, I think it was just as my thoughts of being a cop and crime scene mentality, a cop mentality, I was going to wrap a towel around my own head and then take my own life, and it was to, to, to not leave a bloody crime scene, because I knew my partners were gonna be the ones to find me. So that was that was how demented and dark mm-hmm. it was. Uh, it was very specific. And so the, 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 that was like the ultimate goal. There was always things that would catch me up. Uh, I would see my kids, I said, I know I'm gonna ruin their lives, uh, but now I would have to try to block that out. I would see my mom, and I'd see my mom crying, because she, she was one of the few that knew about what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, she would like kind of put the brakes on it, like uh, it would like slow down that ultimate day. Uh, I met actually what one of God's blessings on me was I played semi-pro football, okay. and I had uh, which all them concussions. We can get to that later. So all them concussions they do not help your depression. So I took up uh, I took up boxing after I tore my bicep in football, um. and my boxing coach was the first guy who first man that I ever met that 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 openly spoke about about loving Jesus okay. and the first man to ever pray with me. Okay. So he kind of, and, and even though I was putting him off too because I knew this ultimate day was coming, um, he, he, he kind of helped put the brakes on too. And I loved boxing, I ate it up, I lived in that boxing gym. So all of this stuff slowed me down from that day coming soon. Okay. Yeah. And the news article, it said that a woman showed up? Yes, yes, so they say that, that, that uh, when you're suicidal, the, the, there's usually something that will trigger finally getting enough courage to finally do what you had intended to do. Um, and my trigger was right here. It was right in front of my face. It was just about to happen. Um, 
I had three things that I had decided uh, that was going to make me finally do it and be done with it. And one of those things was, I would say, a day or two from happening. And that was when I had that encounter with that lady in the parking lot, which was, uh, and, and I look back and I know that I don't care who finds me crazy or said it was God stepping in and he put the brakes and, and turned my he put the ultimate break. Yeah, he did. He put the ultimate break. So that night, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go back to that night. Yeah. I'm sitting in my squad at Walmart parking lot. And when you're depressed and you're manic and you know that you, you, you have no future plan, um, you just cry every day. You just do to yourself. Uh, and music was a big thing for me. Um, evil music, music that spoke about suicide, and it, it was a big, uh, it was a big deal to me, so I'm sitting there and I did my normal routine, I'm in my squad, uh, thinking, going over my int intricate plan, uh, and as demented as this may sound, I was debating, do I shoot myself in the mouth, or do I go under my chin, or the side of my head, that was always something I actually thought about quite a bit. Uh, I was in such a demented world then. I'm sitting there in my squad, thinking about it, going over my plan and crying to myself like I always did every night. I work midnights. When you don't see, when you live in darkness, literally and figuratively and emotionally, um, you, I just cry every night. So I'm sitting there in my squad, like here, leaning forward, and I can see the tears hitting my lap. It's weird, because it's almost like they were shooting out of my face. I just remember certain details of the night so well. It was very windy out. I was in the parking lane at Walmart, and I see this lady. And I knew who she was because I knew she worked at Walmart. I wasn't friends with her or anything, but I just I knew who she was. I only talked to her when I'd go into Walmart to get my energy drinks. Just simple. She doesn't speak that good at English. Mm -hmm. uh, it's gotten better over since, since then. Uh, so I, I really couldn't communicate with her that much other than hi and bye. So I see her, I'm like, why is she walking towards my squad now? I'm like, pissed off. I don't want her coming here. And her hair is straight like yours. And actually, yeah. she got the same hair. It was so windy out. Her uh, hair was like sideways. Okay. Like, why are you walking? It's not even, it's terrible out here yeah. right now. Why are you walking towards my squad? So I put my head, and I know she's coming because you get bugged all the time. So I, wipe, I wipe my eyes with tears, and I just look up. And I roll my window barely down because about like this. She hands me this cross. And she just says, you need to have this. And then just walked away. And it was so strange and so surreal because it was like out of nowhere. How in the world are you at my lowest point where I'm about to do the unthinkable? Right. Uh, why would this even happen? I, mean, I look at the cross and my mom had taught me about Jesus as a mm -hmm. kid. Um, so I understood. I had head knowledge of, of what it was, uh, who he was. Um, how is that? Like at that moment, did you just? Oh break my down gosh! Again? Yeah, I broke. Oh my gosh! I clutched that cross, and I'm like literally. As soon as she got out of sight, I'm I just burst out into tears. I'm screaming in my squad, like to myself, like yeah. I'm screaming out to Jesus. I'm like, if you're there, do something. You got to do something because you have to. He he obviously knew my plan. Um, so if you would have seen me that night, you'd have seen me screaming in a, uh, you'd seen some guy in alone in the parking lot screaming in his squad, like yeah, you yeah. thought I was nuts. So I'm screaming and crying and and uh, 
clutched that cross. And I sat there. I don't remember how long I sat there for. Um, I really don't care who thinks I'm crazy when I say this because I was there when it happened. Um, Jesus spoke to me while I was in that squad crying out to him. And what he told me, it gets me every time because he said, Matt, I've been with you this whole time and I've seen everything that you've done and he said I'll forgive you and he told me that I could start over just follow him okay. and those words literally I felt all of that darkness for the first time in so many years, I felt a darkness that was the cloud kind of dissipate. Um, and it was almost as if I seen light for the first time in so many years. It was very, very strange. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, they like to, to, to they, they, you can read the Bible but you can never read it without taking the supernatural away from it because it's a supernatural book. Mm -hmm. um, you can never take that away. And it was a supernatural occurrence that happened there. Um, and I'm, what I did was when, as soon as I, I pulled away, I cried the rest of my shift. Mm -hmm. And I, I really couldn't believe what happened. Um, not so much the lady, but I couldn't believe that I actually... I, I saw a solution to my darkness, mm. and I called my sister the next day, um, and I told her a little bit about what happened. I didn't go into too many details because I thought she might think I'm nuts, mm -hmm. and maybe she thought, because she knew about my depression, she thought maybe, maybe she, I was, actually it went through my head that they might think that, to try to commit me if I actually say this story out loud. Um, so I just said I wanted to talk to the pastor. Mm. She works at the church that I okay. do do my ministry at now. And uh, she hooked me up with him. I, I talked to him like a day later and broke down. And that's when I, I would consider myself saved a couple of days later. And the pastor started mentoring me. And I was by his side for like the next year of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, that's when this whole new life, and the scripture always talks about you when you're born a man to be born again. Jesus said that to Nicodemus, and that's when I was born again, a new life, a new yeah. new mind, new new heart. And it wasn't like, it was a lot of work yeah. uh, as far as staying on task and staying on goal and learning. Right, right. Because I had ideas about Jesus. I mean, we sung about him when you're a kid. Who does it yeah. when they're a kid? And, they, and you go to Awanas or you go to church, but... To really seek him with your life is not something that, that happens like yeah. that. So this happened about a year ago? No, this happened uh, in two, it's four years ago four now. Four years ago, yeah. okay. So you've been through a process and you've been like mentoring. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It's been a process. Yes. Is that when you started working with the at-risk children? No, I put that off actually for, okay. so, so here's, what, here's how that went. Okay. I, about a year after my pastor started mentoring me, uh, he had asked me, he's like, you know what, you, you, you're a public figure, and 
people know you because he knows that, that I'm I kind of stick out and people know me in Zion okay. um, and he said why don't you start like a, a little basketball group or something and I put him off for a long time I was scared I was like ugh I am I am just became a Christian myself how am I going to teach these kids and I really hadn't made my story that public okay. um, I didn't make it public till I got married actually because I was I was afraid I'm like in the natural fear are people gonna think I'm crazy mm-hmm. um, and naturally people would be skeptical oh man he's because they knew me I, I set the bar for debauchery I mean I'm really um, if I we could go into five hours of what the, the, the stunts mm-hmm. I pulled and the, the hedonism that I lived for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so I put him off and, I, and I'm like, Pastor, ugh, I kind of avoided him, mm-hmm. his phone calls. And finally I just did one day. I was like, okay, we'll, we'll do this little group. Uh, I'll appease the pastor. Uh, we'll play basketball for an hour and I'll tell the kids, uh, go over a scripture with the mm-hmm. kids or something. So it was six, it was my son, four or five of his friends. Okay, okay. That's what it started with. Okay. Wow, and it grew into something. Oh my goodness! Yes. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. So it started growing like every week. The, the, our crowds would double. Uh, then I started to, to feel, you know, what? I should just feed them. I'll buy them pizza. Uh-huh. So uh, then that only, that only brought in more kids. Okay. So pretty soon we go from a gym of barely being able to play full court basketball to I'm like, okay, well I'm kind of married to this now. I have to commit. Yeah. So every Friday, um, it got to the point where we, we, the gym was so full, we had to expand our hours. First, it was only two hours. Uh-huh. Then we had to expand the hours. More games. And so yeah, yeah. Game. yeah, more games. We used to be able to do just like, you know, you guys just have the court. Right. But now we have to come up with a system. Um, we literally have more kids than we could even handle. This is me and my sister. We, we got 100-some kids in the gym. So is this, it open, like, Kids yeah. just come? Yeah, we had to structure it. Uh, we opened up the doors uh, right after they get out of school, mm-hmm. every Friday. Um, and we kind of had to put a structure in. We, they, can, they can come, and now we feed them every Friday. Um, but the, the, the main thing is now, those scriptures that I said earlier, I was going to read a scripture mm-hmm. to them, it's turned into one big, like, I'm not a preacher, but it's turned into one big lesson plan every mm-hmm. single week we call it halftime okay. and the Lord has done some amazing things um, I've seen lives transform the way that mine was transformed. I was going to ask can you tell us a little bit about the youth that's coming in? Like yes we have we run the gamut because I have access being a detective I have access to some of the most unfortunate saddest situations of kids up to the most prominent kids in, in Zion. Um, so it's a great mixture. But what we tend to get is the ones who have no home life. Uh, fatherless kids, 90, 90, 95% of our kids are fatherless kids. Um, we get kids, and, and it's, it's such a unique situation because I, there's kids in there that I'm actively investigating for shootings, for selling drugs, for some terrible, terrible crimes, they're coming into my church and listening to a detective tell them about Jesus. And it's very, very unique. Uh, And and I've seen, we could could run a whole session on the lives that I've seen change in there, um, from the littlest to to some of the oldest. There's literally been 
people in there that I'm afraid of because they're coming to me for help, but I don't know, are they, there's been like two or three situations where I'm thinking this guy may be setting me up because I'm a cop to kill me. Um, that's actually happened, I would say three or four times. Yeah? Yeah, because we reach out past Fridays now, and I've become like a full-time uh, mentor to all of, to all of my street kids. Oh yeah, how is that? I know the article kind of said it's like bringing the community and the relationship it's helping the relationship between the cops and the community. Yeah. Um, but I never thought about it that way, like where if they're really angry at a cop or yes. something like that. Yes. You're you're I, that point. Yeah. So, so I've actually had to step out, and and I got to keep reminding myself, you know what? Number one, I know where I'm going if I die. But number two, the Lord has done this for me. He's going to protect me. So I, I have to keep that mentality. Um, have you seen some um, change of mentality towards the cops, like because... You're working with them. Yeah, it's 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 kind of work both ways. Okay. Uh, a lot of them are they, they 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 realize that we are human. I mean, there's kids literally that come in and they won't even shake my hand because mm -hmm. I'm the cops. Mm -hmm. uh, but by the end of the night, they're giving me hugs. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's that's like those. I love when that happens. When they right. when they're mean to me, or they shake my or they won't even look at me. I'm like, I still welcome them with open arms because we love our enemies as well. We still love that. Right. That's what sets Christians apart. We we still love. And you have to live that. It's more than just words. Right. Um, so it, it, that's, that's helped a lot with the love, and they see us as humans now. And I, I do my best to advocate for the department. Um, but on the other hand, it's kind of funny because my name gets dropped so much in Zion now. So I, I know I got to annoy some of my partners. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they, uh, they won't only talk to – they won't talk to the – it kind of kind – of, works both ways because sometimes they'll like we get this a lot i'm not talking to you i'll only talk to matt oh, <laughs> so okay, yeah, we okay. get that we it kind of it kind of hits both sides it must be hard like when you are working with them trying to help them to in their life and then they do get themselves in some crime and they yeah. definitely have to face the consequences and yes i uh we have uh oh we can start with the uh, about four or five of them of our family members that are incarcerated right now yeah um so it is hard. We've, yeah. we've had two die. Yeah. Uh, we just buried one yesterday, matter of fact. Uh, it's been rough. But then you see, you, you see those stories, but they, they still have that foundation. Um, the ones that are locked up, they're still family, and they turn to us when they get out, which mm -hmm. is beautiful, instead of turning to the street. Right, right. So, so I, I mean, I have one uh, that I have a major plan as soon as he gets out of jail. And, and we've reached, we've had other organizations reach out to us too the, the, to give them resources when they get out. I'm going to start working with, uh, I wish there was more of me to go around or I had a, a bigger staff because <laughs> I actually need one now. But yeah. we, have, we have plans for when, when the kids get out of jail um, to, hook, to get them back yeah, yeah. on track. That's super awesome. And you said it's just you and your sister? Me and my sister, and we have my friend Zach Smoller, who I grew up with. He just started maybe six, seven months ago. Okay. So it's really the three of us. My friend Matt comes consistently. Um, Dana and Chad, uh, two good friends. So we have a, a consistent Bob and Amber. Now, we have a, our team has grown to about eight, nine. We average, oh, my goodness. Our biggest nights, we've had... 200 kids in there. Really? Yeah, in one what? small, it smells like boy in there. So, Nettie, if you ever showed up, you'll be, you know, be the first thing you notice. It smells like boy in here. Uh, so, are but, they high school age? Uh, we have anywhere from, uh, I think Little C is our smallest. And I try to learn every name. It's hard. And uh -huh. I've had a lot of concussions, but I try to learn every name because you, you like, have to show you, individual love. He's five. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. And we have up to probably 20. 
uh, consistently that come yeah. 20 years old. 20 years old. Yeah, and we even have uh, we have Kenny who's got Down syndrome. He's older, but yeah. he's well, he's a staple at our our church at our, at our Friday nights now. And we have uh, a couple homeless people that come. We always try to help them and feed them now. Okay. So it's really grown to something. Yeah, it's you, you, not have a, your own, you have a community. Yeah, it's not even a boys and girls club. I don't even know how to describe it because we, we have, it is, it's just a community. Yeah, awesome. We have an entire community. I never yeah. even thought about that, but yeah, we, we really do. Share the goal that you have now. I know you're trying to raise money for a bus yes. to transport them. And we're just about there. Okay. Yeah, one of our biggest things, every week we have a, um, so many kids, they don't have a, a ride out to our church and picking up is hard. I got a little beat up black galant out there that can hold four people. Yeah. Um, my sister's got a Tahoe and I use my daughter helps a lot, give rides, uh, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. um, so getting them home is the major thing. A lot of kids just get dropped off. Okay. And, and I don't even know how they get, some of them ride their bikes up there. Oh. Uh, and it's 10, 11 at night and during the winter, I can't just, we got to get them home. Right. Um, so the bus is huge. Uh, we our goal. We set it high, not knowing that we're not even imagining that we'd ever even get near it. We just set it high. Zach just set a number. Let's go. I was like, oh, we need a few thousand. He's like, twelve thousand. He just set it. Uh -huh. So we're at eleven four now, which is it's so it's God is is just so been so wonderful to us. Um, so if we can get a bus or two, like a small bus or some mm -hmm. big vans, mm -hmm. we could just, it would make our, it would give them commute. more times and make the commute so easy. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And yeah. if anybody wants to donate, you do have a GoFundMe, right? Yes, we have a GoFundMe. It's my father's business. Okay, cool, cool. Yep. My father's business. And I'll put all the links so if anybody wants to reach out to you, they can yeah. reach out to you. Yeah. But just hearing everything. First of all, thank you for being so honest and open. I know you were like kind of looking at me like, can I be, can I? Yeah, no, you know, I, I'm, an open, I'm an open book. <laughs> like, yeah, can, I'm I, an... can I say like details? Um, and yes, and I don't think you're crazy. So thank you for opening up with your story. And now hearing you talk about what you're doing with these kids, your face totally different. Like from where you're talking about your experience to uh -huh. what you're talking, it's like light, it like lit up. Oh. <laughs> so you can tell that this is like your, this is what you're meant to do. Like yeah, your 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 day job is a, being a detective, and you know sometimes they may get the worst of you, but when you talk about your kids and what you're doing, totally your face my babies. Yeah. They're my babies. <laughs> um, it, it it's got so many blessings, uh, so many multiple yeah. facets of my life that's just blessed. Um, I love my job now. Yeah, that's because that's awesome. I'm known as that now. I'm known as that detective that preaches the gospel yeah. and runs that basketball thing. Gotcha, gotcha. I absolutely love my job now. I I realized what we talked about earlier. I realized what my purpose is in life. It took a long road and it almost killed me, but I I realized what my purpose in life is. Right. And my kids have followed. I'm gonna get emotional if I talk about it, but my kids have followed. I used to teach my kids to do evil. And they follow right in my footsteps. They have seen the worst of me. And now they... They've seen the They both, yeah. My son, I just baptized my son last year. And my daughter's next. Yeah. And, yeah, it's... That, that, that and, and to have my kids have 200 personal bodyguards is... Because <laughs> my, my kids are small, so it's yeah. so awesome. My son in school, nobody, they love them. 
Yeah. Uh, and he's so quiet, but he's like, no, Poppy, nobody would ever mess with me because they know me. Yeah. So it, it's uh-huh. given him confidence. It's so many different blessings. Yeah. And also, you are that blessing for all these children that go to this Friday. Yeah, I, I never realized I'd be like the adopted father for hundreds yeah. of kids. But I wouldn't change it. Like I, that must be so like, rewarding. Yeah, like I, I told the news guy, I, I, I wouldn't trade my group for every dime of Bill Gates' money. It's, it's, it's. I, I, I like I said on there, I feel like I'm the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I don't deserve it uh, because I have done so many horrible things. Um, I don't deserve God's grace, but He lavishes it on me anyway. I don't know why. Um, but I sure I'm gonna run with it and love it in every second. I'm like, you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I think you deserve it. Like I, I can't thank you enough for coming and sharing your story. Also about like being depressed and the suicidal thoughts. I think it's so important to share it. Like we need to hear more stories because you're not the only one. Yeah. Like you said, you know, in the beginning. And I think if we talk about it more and let people know, like I don't think you're crazy because I think a lot of the fear comes of like, what are people gonna think? Yeah. And we carry that like I'd rather just keep it to myself or we don't reach out for help. No, like we, no have, like, that, we, that's we may know that we're of. depressed, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go talk to someone about my problems. Because then you'd have to be vulnerable. Yeah. And part of what our pride, mm-hmm. it's just the, the, the first sin is pride. It, you, you, you don't want to be vulnerable. You don't want to admit that I'm a broken human being. It's hard for me to understand now because, because I, can re- I reap all the rewards yeah. that, that, that God has given me. But it was just such a sticking point. Mm-hmm. What would you say to someone going through this darkness? I would say, call me. I can help you. Uh, but reach out. You, you have to be vulnerable. You, you have to. Because there's, the only way it ends is death. And it's so, it's, you, 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 I realize now that I would have ruined so many lives. You, you pretty much kill your kids with yourself because that's it's self-explanatory. You ruin their life. But reach out, uh, get help, go to, I mean, you don't even need insurance. You can go to a pastor. You can call me. I've, I've, I've uh, talked to so many people regarding that. Uh, I lost count. Mm-hmm. But, uh. But you gotta involve. You gotta involve Jesus. That's my thing. You have to, because he's the he's the author of life and author of hope. So you can't exclude him. I went to so many psychologists. They told me why I was messed up, but they never. Then they could prescribe all the pills in the world. Um, but it wasn't until I realized that, that and went to my Creator that things. It was the solution. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that I'm peachy cream. No, I still have demons that I wrestle with. Uh, because we're, we live on Earth. This is still Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a hard walk. But I know uh, my foundation. Finally got the foundation. Purpose. Yes. You have a purpose. Yes, absolutely. Very cool. So to wrap it up, all of the episodes end with two questions. One is a current goal that you're working on. We kind of touched up a little bit on mm-hmm. And if there's a book, a movie, or an artist that you think is worth checking out. Okay. Um, my current goal is to make much of Jesus and spread this message and my message, however, by any means necessary to as many ears as can hear. So we, uh, that's why NBC was so awesome when they came and did my story. Like, everyone can hear this. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable what started as some idiot in a parking lot who was a disgusting man. Um, got made clean by by what God did for him. Uh, so that's the main goal, is just to make our story known. Okay. I'm a hip-hop through and through. Uh, and uh, 
what I fight against now is the culture of, of the, the evil type of hip-hop, which is okay. what raised me. Okay. So there's some awesome artists, hip-hop artists that that are Christians just like me. They got a story just like me, but now they rap for, for good. And think about this. I've gotten to meet several of these guys who I know I idolize. Uh, one's name is Corey Paul. I got to meet him. He's from Houston, Texas. I would recommend him one of the most coolest stories you'll ever hear. His story, like, if you think mine's a little interesting, his story is, I mean, top of the world. What's his and name? Corey Paul is his okay. name. and we can find him? Yes, you can find him on, on uh, iTunes, Spotify. And he, he's, we had him out for one of our concerts. Oh, okay. Uh, him and Thizzle and Reconcile. Um, that's their names, but those three are those artists. That they these guys aren't just you. You think of Christian hip hop, yeah. you think it's kind of kind of B, like kind of corny yeah. and kind of like B class. These dudes, and I grew up listening to Tupac, uh, some of the best lyricists, uh, UGK, uh, Ghetto Boys. Those those were my heroes growing okay. up. These guys can hang, and it, it, lyrically and, and production, these guys are ten times yeah. better. I'm telling you, yes, right, I'm yes. Check it out. yes, these guys are good. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm, I want to say. Okay, cool. Thank you, man. Okay, thank you. If you know someone who is suicidal or if you are suicidal, please reach out to someone. The National Suicide Prevention Line is 1-800-273-8255. They are available 24 hours a day. Next time I'm in the club, everybody's screaming out. God, show me the way because the devil's trying to break me down. The only thing that I pray is that my feet don't fail me now.